0: And good Sunday evening. My name is Howie Silberger. Welcome to the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. The number to call is one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 Love to talk to you. Hope you take the time to call in. It'd be so nice to hear from you. It's so nice to talk to you on this beautiful Sunday evening. Uh, in a couple of seconds, my friend and, uh, and colleague, Sheldon Eric Fried will be joining us. In this, um, I, I think it's the third or fourth week of house arrest, we, we are back in house arrest. So we were in house arrest, and we were out of house arrest, and uh, house arrest went to 9.30, and now we're back into house arrest. So um, we, we are living under house arrest. Uh, we're not allowed leaving our homes Uh, because apparently after a certain time, COVID knows and he comes to get you. Uh, So we we are living under house arrest for crimes that we did not commit. I didn't commit a crime, yet I can't go out. Sheldon for sure didn't commit a crime, yet he is stuck in his house too. And thousands and thousands of other people, millions of people, are stuck in their homes without committing a crime. And with the knowledge that science says that COVID is less contagious and spreads much less outside than it does inside. So instead of allowing me to go out on a beautiful spring evening, to take a stroll, hang out in a park, uh, be outside where it's safer, the government is forcing me to stay inside. Where my chances of catching COVID are much higher than they are if I'm outside. Figure that out. The logic doesn't work for me. Now I've had the first vaccine, which makes me about 86 uh, percent immune to uh, catching COVID. Now I know the scare tactics. I know I know the scare, the scare, uh, the scaremongering that's been going on, where they're telling us that even if you have the vaccine, you could still spread it. Even if you have the vaccine, you could still catch it. Well, if that's true, then what the heck was the point in getting the vaccine? Why am I vaccinated? Why did I run out and make an appointment and then go running to get a vaccination? The vaccination was supposed to bring us back to some kind of normalcy. So on one hand, they're telling me that you must wear a mask. You must continue to, 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 to continue with these, with these crazy arbitrary rules that we made for COVID. Wear a mask, stay five 500 feet away from somebody and, uh, and wash your hands. Uh, pretty much a good idea anyway to wash your hands even after you get a vaccine. But wait, 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 wait. But I got the vaccine. So shouldn't I build, build up antibodies in my body, which allows me not to follow these regulations, these arbitrary regulations, which have very little science behind them anyway? Shouldn't I be able to go back to regular life after being vaccinated? One would think. But then they're giving a contrary message. So the message itself is muddled, It's mixed up, and it's contrary. So the first thing they tell me is, you got the vaccine, you're still not safe. You're always in danger. Danger, red alert, danger, danger, danger. And then they tell me in the same breath that, hey, life will go back to normal when most of the uh, population gets the vaccine. So which is it? Is it I'm in danger because I got vaccinated and I'm still in danger because the vaccine didn't mean anything? Or is it that the more people that get vaccinated, the more life will go back to normal? Why if I haven't been vaccinated? I have. But why if, if I wasn't vaccinated, why would I be rushing out to get vaccinated if I know that nothing's going to change? I'm still going to be locked down. I'm still going to be under house arrest after a certain period, after a certain time at night. And I'm still going to have to wear a mask and still have to stay away from people and still can't go back to hugging and kissing and... and, and being part of uh, being part of my friends and and family doesn't make sense. It's illogical. Let's go to the phones. Hi, who's this? It's Jean. Hey, Jean, how are you?
1: Good and you?
0: I am good. I am good.
1: I I want I want to make a comment because yeah. yes, I do believe that everybody is panicking over this eight o'clock curfew crap. It's not just us. It's also the people who work in stores.
0: Yeah. What's the point? What's the point behind the? I don't curfew? know
1: what the point is. The point is, I was at La today with my husband, and we saw a friend of ours who works there, and she's getting yelled at by customers because they won't wear their mask, they won't wash their hands, they won't social distance, and she says, "There's nothing I can do. I'm in the same boat as everybody else." Right. And so. I was talking to a friend of mine who owns a day pen or around the corner. He says, I have to be out of here by 7.30. I wasn't going to get a ticket for being late on the road.
0: It's it's insane. It's absolutely I, insane. I
1: think it's fascinating. I think it's better if we had everything at 9.30. You know, that uh, I way think it would be better if we don't have
0: a curfew at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, even in Ontario, they don't have a curfew.
0: No, but they're, they're in full lockdown. They have to be at home. They have a stay-at-home order.
1: Yeah, but the thing is that they weren't for, for a very long time. Right. Now, now that they're reaping the benefits of not having the lockdown and not having a curfew, they're in worse shape than we are.
0: That's probably true. You're right. But I don't know yeah. if the lockdown helped or if it's just the fact that uh, more Quebecers have been vaccinated than uh, than Ontarians.
1: I'm not sure. I don't know what, what the what the ratio is. I know that everyone in my family has been vaccinated.
0: Yeah, me too. I, I've been vaccinated. My whole family's been vaccinated. Thank God.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. We got the distemper shot, so we should be okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But but, uh, but but you still wear the obedience mask, right?
1: Well, the thing is that, you know, if, let's say you work from 9 to 5. Yeah. And you have to go to the store or to the pharmacy for something, and you're rushing to get there because you have to, you have to leave the store at 7.30. Right. And if there's a lineup at the at the back of the pharmacy to get your meds or at the front of the pharmacy to pay for whatever, it's not your fault.
0: No, absolutely not.
1: You know, it's the but, fact. Uh, but it's
0: a huge fine if you get caught.
1: I know. But the thing is that it's not our fault if we're there and we have to wait in line to pay for something when they only have a few people on, on the floor.
0: Uh, I agree with you. And uh, but I, I think I think the curfew is ridiculous. I don't think there's a point in having a curfew. It doesn't do doesn't do I, anything. It doesn't solve do any I. problem.
1: Neither do I. I I think there should be no curfew. I think if people want to go out, they should be able to go out. If they want to go shopping later in the evening, so. Right. You know, and, and if I want be, to go
0: hang out outside and stand yeah. outside, where yeah. it's safer. Yeah. Then I should have the right to do that.
1: Right. Or if you just want to go for a walk or, right, you know, if you just want to.
0: Tell me it makes any sense that I could take my dog for a walk, but I can't go walking with a friend.
1: No, that's so so stupid. It's,
0: it's silly. It's yeah. very silly.
1: Yeah. You know, so uh, I really feel that this is the wrong way to go. If it, was, if it was at 930, I wouldn't have a problem with it.
0: Jean, thank you so much for calling. Appreciate yeah. it. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. one 669 Let's bring Sheldon in and, and, uh, and get Sheldon to weigh in on this. Hey, Sheldon. Hey, how you doing, buddy? How's it going? I
2: am good. How are you? Uh, not too bad. You know, I, I, I agree with Gene and I agree with you that, that why the curfew has never done anything. I was never for the curfew. I was always against the curfew. And now the days are getting longer. The weather is getting better. People want to go out after supper. And if people are working, they'd like to be able to go and shop for groceries. And then uh, even when the the 9.30 curfew came came about, I wasn't happy about it either because, I mean, let's face it. Like you said, you're not going to get, you know, outside is very, very safe unless you come across 20 or 30 people sneezing and coughing in a very close distance. But, you know, most people, yeah, the odds of that happening, Sheldon, are none. Places Zero you go into the none. park, you see other people, you avoid them, you stand a two meter distance. Like exactly, but I'm but I'm just saying, like you know, like I've I've uh, walked many times with my significant other in parks and in other part. I, I we weren't worried. I mean, we wore masks anyway, just to be absolutely sure. And and you know what, this was the same government that wanted herd immunity before most people did get the vaccine for COVID nineteen, at least the first dose. And to also answer about the situation, Ontario and Quebec, Quebec actually took the advice of Israel and other parts of Europe, whereby that they wanted to get as many people vaccinated for the first vaccine, and then they'll worry about the second vaccine, but they wanted to get at least a a good portion of the population inoculated for the first vaccine. And Ontario decided they wanted to do the first, and then after a few weeks or three weeks or whatever it was, then they were going to get the second vaccine, and you know, at one point, I also thought that was a good idea. But the problem was there wasn't enough vaccines to go around. Well, and whose fault is Toronto that? Who's, reason...
0: Whose fault is that? That there's not enough whose vaccines fault to go around. Is that?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's funny it's, that the uh, the
0: Americans between... have enough vaccine to go around. Israel had enough vaccine to go around. Uh, all the other countries, we're in like thirty seventh country in the world when it comes to vaccinations.
2: Let us let's, let's let's face so it. So whose my fault friend, is that? Really, Israel is it. Well, I'm just saying. I, I yeah, whose fault is it? Is, is right because Israel is a brilliant country, and they they they're so far ahead on everything on cutting edge technology, medical technology. Israel is so far ahead. They are. You're uh, right. Way further ahead than most, than the majority of the countries, on all the countries in the. World. So the, Israel was using its head, and and they got, and and as, as you can see, that now the majority of the population are now starting to be able to go out, and and they're starting to have a normal life. The United States, Biden was very aggressive. One of the first exec, one of the first executive orders that Joe Biden. Well, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would go back.
0: As many. Wait, wait, wait. I'd stop. I'd go back to Donald Trump, who was very aggressive in. In, in having these these vaccines produced and setting up the entire distribution network. Joe Biden walked into a so, situation that was already set up.
2: Okay, but so uh, so whatever it was, they were very aggressive. And the United States has a tremendous advantage that Canada doesn't, Ali. They, they, uh, many of the, ma- uh, the vaccination companies, the pharmaceutical companies, are in the United States. And if you take a look at Moderna, they were able to, to have their own manufacturing plant in the United States, in Michigan. Okay,
0: so we spoke so about this a couple of weeks to... ago, uh, where Pfizer had a chance to have a plant here in Montreal producing the vaccine for Canada, and the Canadian government didn't want to invest in it. Remember, we, we covered that story uh, maybe maybe a month ago.
2: Yeah, but they would have to retool, and, and the problem is... And? So? They'd have to retool. Well, the thing was, they didn't set up. They didn't set up a manufacturing place yet.
0: No, the thing is that the so, Canadian government, yes, uh, the uh, Canadian look, government refused to I've give said, them the contract. Look,
2: no, wait, I've said it before.
0: The Canadian government refused to give them the contract and instead gave the money to China. That's that's what happened, and, and uh, contracted a company in China to produce and the money. All, the and, also,
2: at, and also, the Canadian governments, for many, 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 many years, uh, have decided to rely on other countries. To get things. And I was always a big staunch for Canadian independence, whereby let's do things here. We have the capabilities, we have the technology. Why can we not make vaccines in our own country? We can. And I've said this for years. And I said this, I've said this for years. Canada has always been dependent on other countries, notably the United States, which is our best trading partner in the world. Yeah. The world's undefended, most undefended border. And we relied on the United States. Now you get, now enter COVID-19. And now it's every country for themselves. And I understand that because they they want to get their own citizens. But I get that and I agree with that. But the thing is, it leaves countries that depend on other countries far back. So you're saying whose fault it is, Howie? Yeah, whose fault is it? The answer is very obvious. It's the Canadian government's fault. And it's been every single Canadian government's fault from God knows how many years to now. Because we should have had...
0: Should have, could have, would have, Sheldon. But we don't. And here we are.
2: We're living in COVID it's land. not open up any government's eyes, Howie. I don't know. We're, yeah. li- We're living in COVID land. We're living in COVID land. And I think... And there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And that's that's the problem, Sheldon. No, exactly. And the thing is, I've been I've been a very staunch person of. We live in Canada. We live in a developed country. It's about time we started acting like a developed country and start uh, and start being aggressive when it comes to medical research. When it comes to the uh, the preparation of vaccines, we have big, huge pharma in this country. You know, the, the government, and the same thing when it comes to masks and any other personal protective equipment. Why the heck in God's name do we have to depend, of all countries, China? Now, China has been such a thorn in the side for, for you know, holding these two uh, businessmen captive. and And why are we still doing business for a country that, ha- first of all, doesn't never believe in human rights has believed in torture that you're guilty first before you're innocent. And why are we giving money to China? Good like you question. said, the money that the Canadian government were to give to China should be here to, do, to develop stuff domestically. It's an amazing question. Stop giving money to other. And when, when our yeah, government, like stop when our prime money... minister is
0: asked that question, Sheldon, our prime minister refuses to answer the question.
2: Well, geez, I wonder why, because he doesn't have an answer, because you know what, he was caught with his foot in his mouth. But you know what, no matter if it's going to be Trudeau or the Conservatives or whoever's going to be in pow- power in the next election, they have to step up and they have to start being very proactive because this most likely is going to happen again. Furthermore, furthermore yeah. there's going to be boosters. Okay. There's going to be boosters for COVID-19. Now, wake up, government! Let's manufacture the boosters here in Canada.
0: Well, let's worry about getting everyone vaccinated before we give them boosters. You know, you got to get your second vaccine. Well, exactly, the second and vaccine. Yeah. and then we'll worry about boosters after. Yeah. But let's let's get everyone vaccinated. We have thirty-five million people that live in Canada, yeah. uh, and America is vaccinating two million people a day.
2: Yeah,
0: and we haven't even vaccinated a quarter of but our population yet.
2: Come on ridiculous you know what it is Howie it's like I always told you the United States the United States is this big superpower and the United States basically is is more important in the in the world's eye than Canada's Canada's a country and Israel was smart because Israel done has done a lot of things domestically now here's a country that's what's the population of Israel?
0: Around, uh, I don't know, around. Six, Way less than Canada. Around six million people.
2: Okay, Sheldon seems to have. How Israel is one of the top countries in the world that gets their people vaccinated.
0: Sheldon, you're freezing up again. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why Sheldon keeps freezing.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm hearing. I, I, I didn't hear what. Yeah, and the, yeah, well, that's uh, that's Google for you. Yeah, um, I'm telling. But you. Uh, what did you say the population of Israel was? Approximately six million. Okay, six million people. We have thirty-five million people in this country. The United States has has like three hundred or four hundred million people in their country. The United States has always been is always been the big fish, and Canada has been the small fish. Israel was smart to do things domestically, so Israel didn't have to count on anybody else, and that's why Israel is so far ahead. Canada could do the same thing, but yeah. this prime minister and previous governments have to put us to essential, essential stuff like medicine, pharmaceuticals, personal protective equipment they have to start they have to buckle up and they have to pony down and they have to put in the money and the resources necessary for us to become more self-sufficient so god forbid this happens again we don't have to worry about europe we don't have to worry about quotas because that's the most dangerous thing in the world quotas because if they they cut the shipments in canada we're we're in big trouble
0: yeah look we've seen it happen we it's, it's happened twice already it's happening with the Moderna um, vaccine yeah. right now that we're not getting the doses in because they've cut the shipments. Well, like thankfully COVID.
2: Pfizer has, well, fa- well at least Pfizer has picked up the shortfall. So at least Pfizer is doing that, but, but still, that's, not, that's not the like point. Like you children. said, we have a quarter. You know, no, I know we have a quarter of the, of the population vaccinated. Uh, and you know, it, 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 like Quebec, the province of Quebec wanted to do the herd immunity and this is what they wanted to do from the beginning. But herd immunity does very little when most people don't get vaccinated. It's when most people get vaccinated that herd immunity will work. That's true. But you can't get herd immunity when, 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 you, when you get like, you know, two out of 10 people for every, you know, for the population vaccinated. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, the students of the schools are not vaccinated, but their parents are. Teachers in the certain pilot projects are vaccinated. But no. what about the other teachers? What about the other students? What you know, the, the stu- You mean to tell me that even though the students have bubble classes, Howie, they don't have friends that are in other schools that they might get together with? Of course they do. They 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 meet somewhere. They get together. You don't think that's going to happen? Of course that's going to happen. They're going to do sleepovers. There's all sorts. They, sh- they should have kept the schools closed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so many ways they can get around it. Even if there's, like you said, the COVID nineteen in terms of the curfew. I mean, it's going to strike during the day. What's the difference of a, a, at night? Plus, we're the only jurisdiction in the developing countries, or at least one of the jurisdictions in developing countries, that have the curfew. What utter nonsense.
0: Sheldon, we're going to take a little break. I'm going to try to fix this technical problem we have. Uh, so we're going to take a little okay. break, and we'll come back in just a, in just a minute. I'm Howie Silberger, He's Sheldon Freed. This is the Howie Silberger Show. We'll take a little break. We'll try to fix this little technical problem, this little freezing problem we're having with Sheldon. And uh, we'll be back just after this. And welcome back to the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. I think we might have resolved Sheldon's uh, freezing problem. Uh, it was a Google problem, really. It's not Sheldon's problem. We'll blame it on Google. we uh, definitely and, blame it on Google. <laughs> and, uh, and and Sheldon is back. Hopefully he won't freeze anymore. That was uh, that was really bad. So I, I'm happy that uh, that you're back, Sheldon. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me on.
0: Um, so we're talking about COVID and being under house arrest and how, how terrible that is. And... Um, and Canada had the opportunity to make vaccines in Canada. And and they flubbed it.
2: I think this this could even be, uh, Howie, an election issue. And this could really oust Trudeau out of power. But again, we have to see what the Conservatives are going to wind up doing. And, and uh, this is going to be a really interesting thing because also, as mentioned before... What's not to prevent from something like this happening again? Well, we It definitely to, it definitely will happen again. That's for We sure. have to be prepared and we have to be very proactive. The government, how he has to be, no matter who's going to be in power, because this has no party issue. Whoever is going to be the prime minister, liberal or conservative, has to be on the forefront and has to say, OK, we're going to we're going to ante up a lot and we want to be more. To, uh, we want to be more independent we want to do things ourselves we don't want to start relying on other countries and like we were saying Israel is six million people population how could a country of six million people be able to inoculate most of the population and and most of their citizens are now able to go out be able to do things so and and like I said reason also being as is Israel is an extremely intelligent country in all aspects uh, medical science, technology, everything—in terms of what Israel is all about—that's why they're the, that's why they're the front runners on everything, and especially on medicine, especially on science. United States, like I said, they're like the bully; they're the they're the big wheels, and Canada is like left. You know, like you said, what was it, thirty seventh or something? I forgot what you said. Yeah, thirty seventh in the world. Yeah, thirty seventh in the world. We should we should be within the top five of the world. We should be in that's the top what, two of the world, really. Yeah. Like, well, like, because I know Israel is going to be the top in the United States. So let's say it's the top three. Yeah. Yeah. The top three for sure. So, you know, this is so if I was in the conservative, if I was. If I was the conservative leader right now, I would say, you know what? We have to uh, we're going to start putting money in. We're going to put all the resources in manufacturing uh, personal protective equipment or PPE, as well as all vaccines anti-toxins everything everything necessary for people that if god forbid a virus like this is going to spread again we will be ready and we will be ready with bells on that's what we have to do so again i don't care which government is going to be in power but that's one of the that's one of the top things that i would be looking for in the next election campaign is manufacturing in canada first so Trump would say let's put America first or Biden is saying America first and Obama. How about us putting Canada first instead of putting Canada last? And we always do put Canada last, and that's the problem.
1: Yeah. We're and always that, the last that has people. To
0: that has
2: to Our change. Our government
0: doesn't look out for us at all.
2: No, no. And this has to change. This has to completely change because if for any reason there's a quota or something like that, we're talking about people's lives in the balance. We can't afford to have people's lives in the balance we have to know that hospitals you know hospitals will be stocked with these vaccines all necessary boosters in place for, for for in the future and as soon as something like this comes up research to be done in Canada to be distributed to be manufactured distributed and and be taken care of without the risk of having quotas imposed upon Canada we have to stop this 1-877-669-1292 one eight seven seven six six nine
0: one two nine two is the number to call. You can get in on the conversation. I'm Howie Silberger. He's Sheldon Eric Freed, and uh, we're actually we're actually upset. We're we're pissed,
2: and oh, and for good upset. and for good reason. I mean, let's put it this way: to have a, 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 you know, to have a curfew. I mean, there there are countries in the world that had curfews, uh, you know, had curfews for the for like for military military. Uh, causes this is not a military cause but the government is making us feel like we have no rights anymore it's like i don't even feel i mean yes i'm safe and going out on my balcony i'm blessed with a nice balcony with a nice view so i go out at, go out at night if it's a nice evening so at least i can go and get a little bit of fresh air that way but what happens if i want to go to a park or i want to take a nice walk on a leisurely evening on the weather's getting nicer the sun is setting later i mean come on it's bad enough we have six months of winter in this neck of the woods, but, you know, now that the weather's getting nicer, people want to go out. And look, the other day I took a, I took a walk and I even saw, like yesterday, and I even saw kids playing in the park and they are laughing and they're joking and people were in good moods. People were like on the phone and laughing and, and people were, you know, couples were holding hands and they're, and they were going down. And it was almost like, yes, I, uh, the, uh, a lot of people, did wear a mask and some people didn't wear a mask, but I could still see that when people go out and especially when the weather is getting nicer, people are in a better frame of mind as much as you and I may like our respective residences. We don't always want to be cooped up here. I mean, where I live, we have exercise programs, yoga programs in the company of our own home and zoom, but you know what? I would love to get on a bicycle and go and take a bicycle drive. I'd love to go to i I'd love to go to the festival of just for last with you and our, respective significant others and who knows if that's going to happen i mean i'm even surprised that the jazz festival is going to be in september yeah and i'm sure that's not may not be 100% confirmed because anything could happen between now and september the f1 i know has been cancelled the oceaga musical music fest has been cancelled i don't know about just for laughs although just for laughs has been saying that there could be stuff that could be on or off and then how is that going to happen well, the
0: Quebec government said that their ga- their aim was to have everything open by the twenty fourth of June, right, which is Saint John Baptiste Day, or uh, Fête nationale, as they call it today.
2: And how are they going to do a Just for Last Festival or a Jazz Festival when when we have a curfew <laughs> eight to eight to nine thirty curfew? It's a good so question. They, so they're going to have to lift that, otherwise, there's no point having festivals, right?
0: Well, you can't have a festival if you have an eight o'clock
2: curfew. Exactly. So, like, what's it going to be here? And this this question is going out to all the politicians federal, provincial and municipal. How is this going to happen?
0: You know what you, kind of tanking the economy has taken because of this? Oh my god. I have a, I know a guy who um who who renovated a restaurant, he bought a restaurant, he renovated the restaurant. He spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and then uh he did a soft launch, he was going to do a hard launch um he was going to do a hard launch and then COVID hit and now he's closed, right? So all that money invested out the window. I mean his his restaurant's gone. He he had yeah. to he had to close it down. I uh, I know I know a couple of people like that who had to close down because how could you stay open? So you you you're thinking, you know, people have put in their life savings into different projects. And those projects have tanked because yeah. the government has decided to shut us down and shut us down and shut us down. Now, I understand you want to Curb the, uh, I don't know, flatten the curve, whatever the term they use now is, right? I get it. I get flattening the curve. I get trying to get keep people as safe as possible. But well, when you become a nanny state, and this is what's become, it's become a nanny state, a nanny state where uh, where where you've become a dictator and you're dictating now who can make a living, who can't make a living, who could go out, who has to stay in. Uh, it gets to a point where. As a human being living in the state, and I once thought this was a free country, uh, living in a country that I once thought was free, I realize I'm living under a dictatorship, and that's, that's not—it's not a good feeling to know that uh, that your government has become a dictatorship.
2: That's exactly it. First of all, it's the language. Now it's the COVID. Um, and uh, like I said, like Look, forget you about and the I language.
0: Both. You have the language. You have the COVID. Then you have the uh, the secularism the secularism yeah. law, which means I can't get a job in a school board. I mean, yeah, because I wear because I wear a piece of cloth on my head. It's
2: I think ridiculous, it's, it's preposterous. It's yeah, preposterous. it's preposterous. So this is a nanny state. It's been a nanny state for many, many years until the, like in mid in the mid seventies, and it's only getting worse. And 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 now with COVID, it's even it's even worse. Now Ontario has its you know, and it shows that even with the curfew, hasn't done a darn thing. The only reason things went down last summer was a lot because there were no schools in the summertime. And then when schools came back and I even said it on this show and i said it on many other shows, I said it on Facebook, said you have that many people in with the schools. And at that time, nobody was vaccinated. You, it was opening up a Pandora's box to H-E double hockey sticks. This was not going to work. I said it before and then things started going up and up and up then after the march break after christmas and after hanukkah this is what's happening close the darn schools once everybody or at least three quarters of the people in the schools students teachers support staff administration once they get it then open up the schools you can't open up the schools have kids within, even if it's in the same bubble, in the school board, or in the school. If they see friends that are going to different schools, you're already going outside the bubble. So, what is that teaching you? It it's showing you nothing, it's Sheldon. It doesn't
0: even make sense.
2: Nothing. It none never of this makes sense. sense. None of
0: this makes sense anyway. And, um,
2: it, and a lot of look, parents are using this.
0: I don't know if you've seen this. Have you have you seen pictures from the airport lately? Oh,
2: so, I've seen pictures of the. I've seen pictures in. Uh, so so, even our own airport so you, here.
0: T- you take a look at the take a look at the airport and uh, you see people lining up to get their tickets or to to board the plane. And they're standing six feet apart from each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they get on the plane and they're sitting on top of each other. So yep. what is the point of standing six feet apart in the airport if you're just going to pack them in like sardines in the airplane? It doesn't exactly. make sense. It's not logical. And, you know, people people follow the rules. And people will obey the rules if it makes any sense. If it's logical and you have a logical reason on why you want to do things, people will follow it. But these rules are arbitrary. They're not logical and they're not uniform everywhere uh, across the country or across across North America. And it's just arbitrary rules. You can't go out after eight o'clock because I said you can't go out after eight o'clock. You know what it is? There's no science. There's no reason behind it. You can't do it because I said so. You You know know what? what Who the hell are you to tell me I can't go out after eight o'clock?
2: The government simply doesn't trust us, period. It
0: has nothing to do with the government trusting us. The government likes the power. They like having their thumb on their population. We're telling you to do this, so you better darn well do it. And and that is the problem. That's called the dictatorship. That's how dictators yep. work.
2: Yep, exactly. Exactly. And uh, and but, the thing is that... So if
0: I own a small store, if I own a small store and it's not essential, whatever that means, I own a small store and it's not essential, the government says, and the premier gets up tomorrow and says, hey... You know, now uh, we're closing up this industry so that you can't, you know, you can't shop in these uh, non-essential stores anymore. Now, you're not essential anymore, so you get to go out of business. Oh, thank you, Mr. Government. Not only do I get to go out of business, but now it's taxis and I got to pay you taxes too. So I got to yeah. pay you and thank you for putting me out of business. Thank you very yeah, much.
2: Exactly, exactly. And And here was a thing too, which I didn't understand. Why did the government open up the gyms? Why not? Why, government- Why not? Why, Why not? One gym, one gym in the province.
0: One gym in Quebec City in the province. One had a problem. One gym. And now you yeah. have to close up you have to close up 3000 gyms across the province?
2: Yeah, but wait a minute. Come on. Too. Then then they Give have a break. to get No, they have to get better cleaning for
0: One cleaning for gym people. had a problem.
2: Howie, that's one that's one too many already. That's one, that's too, many. one too many. So, he had
0: one negligent, you had one negligent gym owner that had a problem. Right, you have three thousand other gyms in the in 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 the, in the province. One gym had a problem, so you close down three thousand people because one guy had a problem. Come on, but that's the government. That's ridiculous.
2: That's not me. That's the government. But I'm that's saying that's you, ridiculous. That's the it's ridiculous. So, so that's what it is. The government never trusted. The, this is exactly what I'm. The, what it has I'm nothing to do with to. trust.
0: It's ridiculous. Well, we, you're punishing because it's it's group punishment. If I have a classroom of kids, there's 21 kids in the class, and one kid starting up and I give the whole class detention because that one kid's starting up, that's unfair.
2: Exactly, and that's because the actions of a few that that's why everybody gets punished for the actions of a few. That's not fair. It's not I, right. I, I never said it was fair, did I? I never I never said like when you punish if if you have like you said like if you have 20 people in the class, one person acts up, you punish the whole class and the other the other 19 people are going to say what the heck did I do? Yeah, exactly. What did I do to get punished? So this is the same thing with this government. So so the government is punishing us with a curfew. The government is punishing us for closing down hairdressers, for closing gyms. But the government doesn't want to close the schools. And yet, where are most of the infections, Howie? In the schools. Thank you. That's exactly. So where are the priorities here for the government? The prior- Because why? The parents were putting pressure on them because in many cases... I'm not saying every single parent, so I'm making this real crystal clear. So if anybody's going to sh- start shouting at me, listen to what I got to say first, okay? For the actions of a few parents that use the school for a babysitting service, and they're the ones that are bitching. Well, let them pay for a babysitter. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. This is what I've been trying to say from the beginning. I'm glad that you agreed with me. This is exactly because... You're a teacher, my significant other's a teacher, my cousin's a teacher. There's a lot of people I know that are teachers, and they were like guinea pigs in the first place because the government is saying, but the mental well-being of the children, I understand that. At the same time, when a child gets COVID, when the parents get COVID, and God forbid they are so sick in a hospital, or even worse, dead, then I get I guess the mental well-being could wait, because at least the mental well-being. The children could get the students could get help, that the the people could get help for 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 mental issues. What about and now, the mental well being? What about the mental well being of the
0: teachers, Sheldon? What about the, the mental well being of the teachers?
2: Does yeah, that really matter to anybody? Exactly, and the government never cared about mental illness support. Now all of a sudden, the government's government is going out because of a pressure from some parents that that. Can't that don't want to do a babysitting service, so they ship their kids to school. Yes, they consider the teachers and the administrative support staff guinea pigs. Is that right? Of course not. I've said it before on the show. You could play back the tapes of how many times I said in the, story, the show. The, the, the Now that's why Ontario's on lockdown, because schools were getting infections up the yin-yang. Now we're starting to get infections up the yin-yang. What's gonna happen in the fall? What's gonna happen in the fall? Because you and I both know that at, that 50 to 60 percent of the people are not gonna receive the vaccination yet, or at least not the second. So there's still gonna be a lot of people that are susceptible to this virus. Yeah. I, That's exactly absolutely. what I've been saying, and I've been I've been chastised for this. I've been I've been raked over the coals by what I was saying for some people, but you know what? The data and the statistics don't lie. Schools have been shut down for weeks, if not days, because people brought in infections from however they brought in the infections. Some knowingly, some unknowingly. They, some people didn't even realize they had the virus. But next thing you know, classes were infected. Schools were shut down for weeks. So it shows that, and and everybody's admitting, even the government, is the fact that the schools cannot... Uh, cannot put the students two meters apart, whether or not they are in the same bubble class or not. It doesn't work. It's impossible. It doesn't work. I'm telling you, it's that's impossible. What, that's what it is. For you and I, to, let's see to want to go to walk from the, in the park, like you said, if we're outside, what are the chances of us getting it? A lot, lot, lot less. Uh, I- insignificant, really. Yeah, I- insignificant. But the schools and you're, and you're indoors, and in the winter when you've got six months, the windows have to be shut down, there's the lack of ventilation, proper ventilation in the in the schools or whatever. It's very easy to transmit COVID-19 throughout the schools. The buildings are old, they're asbestos problems. They got a whole bunch of crap in the schools. And on top of everything else, like you said, you're going to be indoors with students that are that are like practically next, like the chair next to me. What do you think is going to happen? And this is what I've been saying all along. You can't go. And play with people's lives, and that's exactly what these governments have done that's exactly what the provincial provincial governments have done and these premiers and now they're paying the price
0: we're paying the price Sheldon. they're not paying yeah the we're price.
2: paying the price. this is exactly why we have this problem. you know the uh,
0: premier of Quebec and all the politicians get their salaries every week. I don't
2: right Yeah so there you go you don't go to, you go, you don't you don't go to school you don't get paid. I don't get paid. If you get sick, you don't. Well, maybe you get sick days, but even that. And there's a whole big thing too for to to put pressure on politicians to have sick days in companies because people are going to work knowing that they have the virus because if they stay home, they don't get paid and they don't they won't be able to put food on a table for them and their families. Yep. Sad. And this is what this is what's going on now. It's a very sad thing. And uh, whoever's going to be in power again, that's something they're going to have to consider because people that have put themselves on a line, people that work in grocery stores, the, the essential places, the teachers like yourself that are in the front line, the hospital workers, the police, the fire, the ambulance, everybody that has direct contact with the population, the front line. What do you, I mean, this, they're using everybody like guinea pigs and it's disgusting. I'm appalled. I'm disgusted. And I, I, frankly, I've had it. And and I'm, I'm just as angry as you are with this whole nanny state. I am sick and tired of, of politicians that just don't care for their population. And again, I don't care which party's in power. It doesn't make a difference. I've always said, if a party does something right, if a politician does something right, I'll be the first one to say, I am glad. Congratulations. Good for you. And when it comes to the health and welfare and this, of the people, I am thoroughly disgusted on this government and the provincial government. And I'm just thoroughly, I've had it up to here with the government. I've had it up to here with the, with the, with the curfew that we, uh, that my, my mother that goes to my brother and sister-in-law for supper, they're in the family bubble. They want her over every Friday night for supper. So my mother, so my mother doesn't have to stay by herself for for Shabbat supper. Right. They pick her up at five, five 30. They bring her over to the house. They, they, they pop whatever it is in the oven they cook it. They have to bring her home and race to bring her home before the curfew at 8 o'clock. And my mother was saying so to me in this telephone conversation earlier today, everybody had to look at their watch. They couldn't even enjoy the supper because everybody had to look at their watch because she had to get back home. And my brother and sister-in-law that drove her, they have to get back to their place. Before 8 o'clock. Before 8 o'clock. Yeah. For no reason. For no reason. Exactly. So I am thoroughly, pardon the expression, pissed off. And, you know, because I feel for my mother, because my mother lives by, by herself. I live by myself. I'm within the family bubble of, of my significant other and her son. And, and there were times I had to sleep over at their place because they live on the West Island and I couldn't get back in time. Right. Or she had to sleep over here because she couldn't get back to the West Island on time. I mean, this is like cat and mouse. This is This is preposterous. And it's time for it to end. It's really time for it to end. This should have never started in the beginning. Never mind this has to end. This should have never, this whole curfew and this whole bunch of malarkey should have never, 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 never started. Like, I can't believe, and all the parties are for the same thing with the curfew. Well, the premier should be more clear. I can tell you how the premier could be more clear. Take off the damn curfew. And allow us to go and have a bit of a life. I'm not saying for people to gather in big, large gatherings for people to get sick. But I'm saying, like you just said very, very eloquently earlier, you want to go for a walk in the park. You want to take a walk. You want to sit on a park bench. You want to just get some fresh air. How come we can't do it? The weather outside is beautiful. It's getting better. It's the days are getting longer. And here the sun sets at, at, you know, like 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. And you're sitting on the balcony because you can't go out. I mean, this is ridiculous. Quite stupid.
0: Yeah. And uh, we are we are grown people. Last time I had a curfew, I was
2: a teenager. I, yeah, exactly. I have not been a teenager in a very long time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, it's like we're all teenagers and the government's our parents.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Sheldon, we're going to change the topic a little bit. Okay. Uh, so tonight is the night where, um, where, where all the rich people... In, uh, in 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 Town, get together to slap each other on the back and congratulate each other for uh, for, for the great job that they're doing. Um, yeah. th- it is a self-promotion, self promotion, uh, self self idolization night for uh, for for actors and actresses. And now it's become a big woke ceremony, where um, where instead of uh, instead of fedding people for alleged talent, they're now fedding people for the color of their skin and the gender of the, and, and the gender they were born. It is. um, Why do these things still exist? Why does anybody pay attention to this? I stopped watching it
2: years ago. I'm I'm just mentioning
0: it now because it it kind of bothers me that people take this stuff seriously and and actually pay attention to this garbage. Why do Why do people even pay attention to this?
2: Well, I don't know because it's. This has been going on for how many years? In in terms of. when there were awards given out, at one point, uh, there was a lot of complaints that uh, certain movies with uh, with uh, prominent black actors or directors didn't get the nod. Then at one point, I think one year, they decided to do a reverse discrimination thing. And you know what? I think it should be on raw talent and talent alone, period. And I'm tired of this political uh, correctness crap. Pardon me. And I'm tired of the political correctness crap. And you know what? I'm tired of these award shows because really, it, it's it's you know uh, it's right away a, a, a film uh win, a, a wins an Oscar and right away people will flock to it because the fact that they were nominated for Oscars or they they or the, or they won the majority of the of the Oscars and everything. And it's so artificial. I mean, let's face it, Hollywood movies. Howie, I mean let's face it, you see some uh, other movies in, in Europe and other more independent movies. It is really raw honesty. It is raw passion. A lot of the stuff in, in Hollywood is so made up and you know, they could say be based on a true story. But again, why? I again, I, I agree with you. Why do these awards even exist? I, I've stopped watching it years ago. I, I just lost total interest. Besides, I don't remember the last time I saw a more, um, the most recent movies. I haven't gone to a theater because of well, you know, go back to COVID. But even but, when I, I went mean, to
0: theaters before COVID,
2: yeah, there was never anything. Much
0: before. There was yeah. never anything I wanted to see. Yeah.
2: I used to many years ago, but I just stopped with the, you know, and also with the cost of going to movies and all this other stuff. And I said, you know what? I'll I'll see stuff stuff on Netflix, but I, do I really want to see an Oscar nomination. Who the heck cares? I don't I I've stopped watching And Even if we were not weren't on, on Sunday, I wouldn't watch it. I would watch uh, you know other videos. So I I, I don't you, need that kind of stuff. Have you
0: watched any television lately?
2: Uh, just the older shows that I used to watch. I mean, I don't ha- I don't have cable, so I no, okay. you know I'll, you're I'll, lucky. But I, yeah, you're and lucky. the thing is, a lot of people were saying, you know what, Sheldon, you're not missing much. So I'm watching like old videos, either comedy videos or, dram- uh, or drama, old TV series on like Paramount Plus and and other stuff on Netflix and whatever the case is. And you know it's fine. I mean, do I want to start paying for cable services and half the stuff is crap?
0: Uh, not half, Sheldon. Ninety <laughs> percent, uh, more than half for sure.
2: Ninety-five yeah, percent or ninety percent stuff is crap. So yeah,
0: since stuff. um since they got back into production after the COVID break, uh, majority of shows have uh, have gone one or two, one of two ways. So either they've gone full COVID, where they depict like uh like hospital shows depicting you know people dying of COVID and and how terrible it is for hospital workers. And how we have to like raise our hands and get our knees and kiss their feet because they're doing their jobs, uh, so so that's that's one way that shows have gone, and the other way shows have gone is Black Lives Matter, so so it's one or the other, right? Depending on what you're watching, it's one or the other. So it's either mm-hmm. all white men and all white people and all uh, straight people are evil, and uh, and black and all black people across the United States are are um, are being oppressed, and cops are bad, mm-hmm. uh, or it's um, or, or it's, let's look at our historical oppression of the black people, and let's rip down the structure and rebuild it. Or it's, um, or it's everybody's dying of COVID, beware, beware, run down the street with your hands over your head, screaming, yelling, and flaying, because, uh, because, because COVID is coming to get you. So these oh. are the two options you have. Um, now, no, no, choosing the two options, right? Uh, one is worse than the other, seriously. Yeah, exactly. One exactly, is seriously exactly. worse than the other, because they're both predicated on a lie. And and when you predicate your shows on a lie, and you predicate your shows on politics rather than uh, on political theory rather than on reality, mm-hmm. uh, this is the problem that you have. So COVID, the the shows that are, that are showing the deaths of COVID, it's 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 mostly politics and them trying to convince you that government regulations are good. You have to follow all the government regulations. It's it's basically government propaganda. That hey, we're we're giving you a curfew. We're doing this for your better good. And look what happens if you don't follow. You, you'll be just like this guy in this in this uh, hospital show that's lying there on a ventilator and you know gasping for breath while his wife is on an iPad and crying. Um, you know, come on.
2: Okay. You know what I can you know also see too. You know yeah. I can also see too. Here's a third. Here's a third thing. The George Floyd incident. Guarantee you that's going to be <laughs> well, yeah, in a Black, Hollywood picture. Black Lives the Matter. Of the day. Black, yep. Black Lives Black Matter. So Derek, Derek Chauvin, and the whole thing it's got, There's a movie out there that's gonna that's gonna hit the airwaves. So
0: somebody pointed out to me uh, a show called New Amsterdam. I had really no interest in watching the show. It's it's one of those like bleeding heart liberal shows where where we have a guy running around the hospital. He is the he's the new medical director of the hospital, and he wants to save the world. And so um, and so you know he violates all the rules of the of the trade so he could save the world. I mean, you w know, one of those idiotic shows, and um. And, uh, and and somebody told me, you have to watch these two episodes. There's two-episode arc that you have to watch. So I recorded it because I said, you know, somebody told me I have to watch something. I usually watch it so I could comment on it. I can't comment on stuff I don't see. So I, re- I recorded these couple of episodes. <sighs> Sheldon?
2: You must have a good laugh.
0: Okay, so let, let me just explain <sighs> to you how this happened, how, what, what went on here, right? Okay. <laughs> so in the first episode, um, uh, a black surgeon uh is is talking to this medical director who's I guess supposed to be Jesus or something. I don't know. Right? He's talking to this medical director. And the medical director uh says to him, Um, oh, uh are you uh, you're not getting paid as much as 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 white doctors? He says, no, historically black doctors in this hospital get paid 20% lower than white doctors. And he says, oh, that's an injustice that we have to fix immediately. Okay? And so he makes a declaration that he's going to fix systemic racism in the hospital. And then they have like a 1980s type montage where they show him going around the hospital ripping down pictures of white people off the walls and throwing them in the garbage and then painting black lives matters in the main hallway and then and you're watching this going, "Oh my gosh, could you be could could there be any more governmental propaganda than this?" right? This is this is pure 100% propaganda. White people are bad, black people are good. At one point in the show, in one of the shows, one of the two episodes, the guy even got up and said, and uh, went to um and went to uh, his assistant or some other woman who worked in the hospital, I don't know what position she held, and went to her and said to her, uh, listen, he says, uh, I am part of the problem because I'm white and I'm your medical director. So I'm gonna resign as medical director, and you're a black woman, you should take over the job. What? Um
2: What? Oh my god. I I I <laughs>
0: It's mind-boggling, really. And, and these are these are the shows that are acclaimed. These are the acclaimed shows, right?
2: So these are gonna, these are going to be Emmy Award shows. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you see, that's another that's another thing too. Movies for Oscars and makes now the me, Emmys.
0: It makes me not want to watch television. Yeah. Look, Black Lives Matters is a political organization, a radical Marxist political organization. All right. Now that's fine. They have the right to be radical. They have the right to be Marxist. They have the right to be political. Uh, I have no issue with that at all. They have a right to express their opinion, and we have a right to listen or not listen to our opinion like mm-hmm. they have a right i have a right to express my opinion they have a right to listen to me or not listen to me i i i couldn't care less if they listened to me and i 'm sure they couldn't care less if I listened to them right so um but but when 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 mass media and I, I would say television is mass media so mm-hmm. television shows and, uh, and 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 news and everything when mass media takes on the takes on the political effort they t- they t- they take on the political cause and they start promoting a political cause that's where we run into problems yeah. entertainment is supposed to be entertainment it's not supposed to be political and exactly. so but but it's not new it's really not new i, I urge you and listeners to uh, to pick up ben shapiro i know a lot of people hear ben shapiro oh my god ben shapiro he's crazy no no pick up ben shapiro's book called uh called uh hollywood propaganda um he interviews the creators of, uh, of classic television shows. So he interviews Norman Lear, he interviews uh, uh, the guys who created uh, MASH, he interviews the guys mm-hmm. who created um, Stanford and Sons. You know, he, goes, he goes back and he interviews all these guys who were involved in the production of these, uh, of these shows, at least the ones that were still alive when he wrote the book. And
2: yeah. they were controversial television series back then because it really tackled a lot of issues back yeah. then.
0: And he, he interviewed these people and he asked them about their political agenda when they wrote these shows. Like was there a political agenda? Or were you just writing a television show? And and if you read it, they um they um they, they tell you that uh, no 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 we had a we had a clear political agenda when we wrote these shows. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, wow, really? And there I, and it, it was just an eye opener. So you you may not like Ben Shapiro. A lot of people don't like Ben Shapiro. That's fine. But uh but, but this was actually a research book he did and it was it was actually a really well book. It's called Primetime Propaganda.
2: Mhm.
0: Uh, the true story of how Hollywood uh, how how the left took over TV. It was published in 2011. You get it on Amazon. Now, he didn't pay me to do this ad for him, but it was a really good book.
2: Mhm. Interesting. And it just okay. shows
0: how 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 the media how the media how well television shows have a political agenda and they push you towards that towards that left-leaning political agenda. Now, there's nothing wrong with leaning left. And Sheldon, you know, I, I I, honestly believe that. You're entitled to your opinion and you're entitled to your political perspective. But when you start imposing that political perspective on on unsuspecting people who are watching your uh, your product, that is I unfair. Never,
2: I would never do that. Like, that's, I would never, if I was right, if, if I was right, leaning left, w- leaning wouldn't make a difference. I would not impose my views on somebody else. I would state my opinion like you would state yours. Yeah. And that's it. And it's up to you, like, it's up to the listener to whether or not accept it. But you if know, you have the they privilege, like, they don't like they like you, certain points. But if
0: you have the privilege of having a platform that speaks to millions of people a day, or millions of people a week, as in uh, prime time TV shows, you speak to millions and millions and millions of people a week. Um, pushing political agendas in those shows is wrong. In, in my opinion, it's wrong. Yeah,
2: I agree with you. I agree with you. It's supposed to be I, entertainment. I think it should. It it should push ideas, and then for people to take those ideas and decide, that's what, that's what I always thought, and I strongly believe what media should have used to be many years ago, that they would have these, uh, have these ideas, and it would be up to you to interpret it, and, you know, you like it, you don't like it, but at least you had the choice rather than you being pushed into something because a media believes in it or the CEO of a company believes in it. It's up to you, a listener, a viewer, a reader, to be able to make up your own mind. That's what I always believed.
0: Yeah, but that's not the case today.
2: No, so if it you hasn't been to, the case for many years. If
0: you listen to radio today, radio is yeah. pushing a certain political point of view. It's mostly the yes. leftist political point of view. But that's what radio, at least in Montreal, is pushing. It's, it's, it's a lefty radio. I mean, if you are a conservative and you're listening to Radio in Montreal, you're, you're the enemy. Uh, it's unfortunate, but that's what it is. Um, and if you, uh, if, you watch major, um, if you watch major news sources, there's only one news source that, that, that promotes the conservative point of view. Everybody else is a, is, 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 is a leftist point of view. And so you get to a point where, where you're wondering, where does the indoctrination start? Does it start with the media? Does it start with the television shows? where does indoctrination start and where does political, like expressing political opinions end? If you have mm. five networks that are promoting one point of view and one network that opposes a, 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 a differing point of view, then one has to wonder if that one network is not a fringe network, which is what they call it. It's a fringe network. Who listens to Fox? They're a fringe. They're crazies. They're radicals. They're white supremacists, as they, as they love to accuse everybody of being. Um, but you've got five other networks that are promoting the exact same point of view. Mm-hmm. And, and pushing the, um, I won't say lies. I, I know a lot of people like to say they lie, it's fake news. I won't say that, but I'd say it's selective news. It's not fake news, it's selective news. They're picking and choosing what they're telling you. For instance, let me use a, let me use a practical example. There was a, um, there was a story uh, last week of a police officer that shot a 16-year-old girl as she was about to stab another girl. Okay, so she, he, he pulled up to a fight. They were fighting in a driveway. One girl had the other girl pushed up against a car. She had a knife in her hand. She went up. She lifted the knife up in her hand. She was about to bring the knife down onto the, uh, onto the other girl. And as, her, as, as she was coming into the downswing, the police officer shot her and killed her. So, ha, now, of course, the police officer was white and the girl was black. And that suddenly became a big issue. Now, Another white cop killing a black girl a black, uh, black kid. But, but what about the extenuating circumstances here? That was a good shoot. The girl was about to kill somebody. He saved that other person's life. So, unlike unlike some other cases that we've seen recently, the media did not interview the girl who was being attacked. The media did not interview the uh, the, 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 the the witnesses that were standing there who clearly saw that this was a deadly situation and the police officer had to take a... Had to take uh, aim, and, uh, and 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 the media did not interview the police officer to ask him, "Hey, what wh- what's your point of view?" Unlike what they've done in, in George Floyd case and in all the other cases, right? So one has to wonder um, why not why not interview the girl that was saved? She could tell the story. Hey, she was coming to kill me, and this cop saved my life. So why isn't the cop a hero? The cop is being villainized now. But why isn't he a hero for saving somebody's life? Now, if it, was a white man, if it was a white man trying to stab a black girl and the cop shot him, he would be a hero. So, so we've so racialized society, we've, we've so politicized race in society and divided the society by race to such an extent that even when a police officer does the right thing, he's still the villain. It's a very sad commentary. There was another case uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Uh, They released body cam footage. And thank God these cops have body cam footage now. So they released the body cam footage, and you see how much BS the media is. So once you look at the body cam footage, you you actually see that the media is not reporting the story. You take a look at the body cam footage, it's quite clear what happened. You listen to the audio, you watch what you watch with your eyes, and you listen with your ears, and it's quite clear what happens. But people don't do that. They listen to the media and they listen to the interpretation of the media. Mm -hmm. So, a couple of weeks ago, there was a uh, 13 year old boy. He was out in Chicago. At 2 o'clock in the morning, the police got called. They have these automatic gunshot detectors on the street corners in Chicago. So, if there's a couple of gunshots on the street, the, the automatic detectors detect the gunshots and they notify the police that there were shots fired on that neighborhood. And then the police send cars out and they go and they look around the neighborhood to see who's shooting and uh, who died, right? There's so many shootings in Chicago that, that unfortunately this is, the, uh, this is what they have to do. So the police arrived. After getting one of these calls, the police arrived and there were two people walking down the street. One was a 21-year-old man and one was a 13-year-old boy. The 13-year-old boy was carrying a gun. The 21-year-old, 21-year-old guy really wasn't right? He was, he was walking. He had a gun on him, but he wasn't carrying, wasn't in his hand. The police demanded that they both stop. They both started running. So the police got out of the car and started chasing him. They caught the 21-year-old guy just a few steps into an alley, and they tackled him, and they handcuffed him. And the 13-year-old bolted down the alley. So the cop bolted after him. Remember, he was the one carrying the gun, the kid, right? He got to the end of the alley. It's a dark alley. The police are chasing him. Chase went on for about forty five seconds. A long chase. When you think about it, 45 seconds to chase a suspect down the alley, and the kid got to a fence and he pulled himself behind the fence, like half hiding behind the fence, and um, and the cop came up and the cop was yelling at him the whole time, "Drop the gun! Stop running! You know, hands up!" The whole time, "I'm the police! Stop! Stop! Stop!" The kid gets to the fence and he's half hiding behind the fence. And you see him throw the gun away behind the fence. And then he flips around really quick at the cop. Okay, now, the last thing the cop saw with this kid was, was was a gun in his hand. And the kid flips around. What is the cop going to think immediately? Split-second decision here. What's he going to think? He's thinking the kid's turning around and going to shoot him because the kid had a gun in his hand. That was what I would think. Any rational person in that situation would think that this young boy would be turning around and shooting at him Because the boy had a gun in his hand and the boy, and he was called, and the call that he was responding to was gunshots fired in the vicinity, right? The boy flipped around and before he had a chance to put his hands up, I mean his hands were halfway up, the cop shot him. Which was a legitimate shoot, there's no question it was a legitimate shoot. Then the police officer immediately put his gun away and started uh, giving CPR and uh, first aid to the boy because that's what the police do. I mean, trying to save the kid's life. Kid ended up dying. It's unfortunate, but at 2 o'clock in the morning, running around with a gun, that's the chance you're taking. So the kid ended up dying. The police officer was vilified in the media. He killed an unarmed black boy. First of all, the boy was Hispanic. He wasn't black. Second of all, he was a gang member, which, which they kind of conveniently left out. And third of all, he had a gun, which they left out. So, body cam footage was released. Chicago was great. They released the body cam footage immediately. And you can watch the whole thing, the whole incident as it plays out. Then they released video footage from a building that took the, that took the angle from the top. And so you can watch it happening from the top. And you see clearly see the boy throw the gun away a second before he was shot. So up until one second before he was shot, the boy had a gun in his hand. Yet the police have been vilified. So so we're at a point in society where not only are they vilifying the police and, and law and order and people who keep us protected, risk their lives to keep us protected, are they not only being vilified... Look, I'm not saying there are no bad cops, but not every cop is a bad cop. You know, the one or two bad cops that there are or three, or four, or ten, or a hundred bad cops don't justify vilifying the millions of cops that there are across North America. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, So we're at a point where cops are being vilified. Not only that, but anything to do with the police is being vilified. So, you know, police shows on television, procedurals, uh, dramas are being canceled because they deal with the police. People are afraid to say that they're a police officer or wear a uniform. It is absolutely ridiculous. And then the uh, city started defunding the police. They started taking, uh, taking money away from the police departments. New York City took a billion dollars out of the NYPD, a billion dollars out of their budget. Hmm. So guess what happened in New York City after a billion dollars went out of the budget for the police department?
2: Crime rates increased.
0: Tripled. Guess what happened in Minnesota? The crime rates increased so bad in Minnesota after George Floyd and they defunded the police that now they're refunding the police and trying to hire more police officers, but nobody wants to be a cop because it's because uh, they vilify cops and you know, they feel that their lives are in danger.
2: I know I wouldn't want to be a cop. I don't know about you. No, I
0: wouldn't want to be a cop. I never want to be a cop, but I wouldn't want to, yeah. I wouldn't want to be a cop today. That's for sure.
2: Especially now, yeah. Especially now.
0: So tell me, this is not ridiculous. It's putting everybody in danger. It's putting society as we know it in danger, and 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 and. The majority of normal people, because, I mean, it's a minority of crazy people that are uh, pushing these policies. So the majority of normal people that, uh, that exist in the world today are um, are ignoring it and, and just allowing it to happen, Sheldon.
2: Well, like you also said, too, like when you were saying, uh, when you were putting the example of, you know, 20 people in the class behaved and one person misbehaves and, and you punish the whole class, it's the same thing as the police. Not everybody is a bad cop not every black person is a bad person not every white person is a bad person not you know it, not every man is a, a
0: bad person not
2: a, not yeah. every man not every woman but it's right away the focus on the negative and right away if it's a black person this person is going to be doing a crime if it's a white if it's a hispanic person that person so it's prejudice it's uh, uh, people are trying to be politically correct it doesn't work we're we're in a very dangerous precedent right now both uh, because I too admire the police for protecting us as society as a whole. They have a, 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 a I can't even imagine what their families must go through each and every day when, uh, when a uh, police is out on call, you never know if they're going to come back in a body bag or they're going to come back and have supper with the family. You, I mean, it's, I can't imagine what it's like to be a, a police person. I know I, I, I did know a couple of policemen going back years ago. And I remember talking to them and this was of course, way before the George Floyd incident. This was when I was at CJD. And sometimes we'd have a couple of police guests coming in and they would be dressed up with the whole nine yards. And I remember I was saying, what is it like for your family? Like, how is your family, you know, what does your family think about you becoming a, a, a policeman? And the, the policeman said, every single day I come home and my wife, hugs me and my kids hug me because they never know if I'm going to be coming back alive. Right. So there, there's a, there's a perfect answer right now. And like, and there's the majority of the police are very good uh, cops. They do their jobs. They have so many restrictions of what they can and cannot do. It's a life and death situation. You never know if somebody's carrying a gun. You never know if a person is brandishing a weapon. You don't know what to expect. And this is a dangerous, risky, risky, risky job. And it, it takes a select few to become a police to be in that type of a job. And I can't imagine what it's like. I, I couldn't imagine what it was like to be a police then in the past. And I certainly cannot imagine what it's like to be a policeman now or a policewoman now. Sheldon, we're all at a time. Okay. I want to thank you for joining me tonight. I appreciate Always it. Always a pleasure.
0: I want to thank everybody for watching and listening, and uh, I hope that uh, you will join me again on Tuesday, as I do. Political Hitman at midnight Tuesday and Wednesday, and uh, we will be back. Uh, we will be back again next week, next Sunday. Uh, I want to remind you, Sheldon's Inside the Vault, a new episode starts tomorrow, right here on True Talk Radio. So make sure you tune in at 7 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, Sheldon's uh Sheldon show will be changing time slots sometime, uh, maybe in the middle of the week. Uh, check out uh, the True Talk Radio Facebook page, and we will uh, we will notify you uh, when that happens. And uh, and and of course, we're gonna have a whole new schedule. We're gonna have a Montreal block on uh, on True Talk Radio starting at uh, I think five o'clock. I, I don't remember. I think it was five o'clock or six o'clock. Uh, a Montreal block that will run till uh, till midnight. Um, we're looking for new shows, so if you produce a podcast or you want to be part of uh, True Talk Radio, please contact me, Howie, at truetalkradio.com. I would love to hear from you. If you have uh, something you could contribute to True Talk Radio, we'd love to have it. Uh, until next week, until, until Tuesday, until next week for Sheldon, but until Tuesday for me, I bid you a good night and uh, and, and stay safe. That's, that's, that's what we hope. I want you to stay Take safe. Take
2: care, everybody. Stay safe.